0: Welcome to the Contracting Handbook Podcast, a podcast for how to run a small contracting company. Whether you're a general contractor like me or a trade contractor, starting fresh or been in business for years, here's all the stuff you never knew you'd have to know before you started your contracting business with a man who's seen it all, your host, Mike Kinoki. That's me. Hey everyone, today's show features me, Mike Kinoki, your host and operator of his own contracting company for 16 years with my special guest, Kyle Hunt, who is a contracting coach of 14 years. And we're going to talk about the importance of marketing. We're going to talk about targets and deadlines, action steps. And then we're going to talk about always recruiting.
1: Whoever's listening to this, always be recruiting. Just like you are in your sales process, you're, you're talking about how you're different. You're clearly explaining your, your advantages and your points of difference. You're, you're, you're really working hard to build relationship with that prospect. You got to be doing the same thing with recruiting. You know, have a process that you follow when, when somebody reaches out and is interested. And just always be recruiting. There's no reason that on your website. the Knowledge
0: that you can get out of today's show. So let's go on to my first installment with my two-part interview with Kyle Hunt of Remodel is on the Rise. Enjoy. All right, everybody. My next guest is a remodeling contractor coach and host of my favorite contracting podcast other than my own. His show is called Remodel is on the Rise and he is the owner of Remodel Your Marketing. It's Kyle Hunt. How's it going, Kyle?
1: I am doing well, my friend. How are you?
0: Life is good. It's good. Uh, and
1: and and would you say? I mean, if you had another guest that had another podcast, would you be like, "And you know, my favorite other podcast"? Or did you really say that just about mine?
0: Um, well, I haven't interviewed anybody that has a podcast besides you, no. but uh, but I do enjoy your podcast. I think I think it's it's really good, and uh, I've actually learned Excellent. something Thank from you. it. yeah um and i and i also there's a lot of affirmation there's a lot of things we conclude on completely separately we came to the same conclusion which is Mm. which i always find interesting because we live in these locked little worlds as contractors where we don't talk to anybody we just work Mm -hmm. so when i found your show i thought you were really focused on markup but now i'm not sure Mm. Is that, is that kind of accurate? Are you like in a markup or in other stuff
1: now? I would say you may have caught me when I was in a vein where I was talking about it a lot. I would, I would, I would say as, as I create podcasts, do my live show and different things, I I usually have a talking point of the week or something Mm -hmm. that kind of works its way into my one-on-one coaching calls with clients. Um, But certainly it's been, it's been something that I have been drilling harder and harder uh, over the last six, eight months for sure. Um, primarily because marketing is not really something that people are desperately in need for right now. we got a lot of leads and opportunities coming in. The sales process Mm -hmm. is still important. Those are two areas I do a lot of coaching on. But the numbers, just continuing to hammer home markup and the value and importance of job costing. And everybody says, know your numbers, know your numbers. There's a reason that every coach and consultant are always talking about know your numbers, markup. What is your markup? Why do you charge what you charge? Um, So yeah, it's a a favorite talking point of mine. And primarily because you guys work your faces off doing the work, everything that goes into this very difficult business. And at the end of the day, it's kind of nice to have a healthy net profit. And you gotta know your numbers in order to make that happen.
0: You do. And so, have you ever done a remodel?
1: Well, I like to, I mean, that's, that was a very direct, uh, very direct question, because like, hey, here you are, Kyle. Yeah. My, my, first, my first speaking engagement was at the Lansing Home Builder Association. I had, I'll, I'll give you a little background, and then I will answer your question, but um, I, had, I graduated college uh, just with more of a marketing finance degree, and my first job out of college was for a plumbing, heating, cooling, and remodeling company. And I handled their marketing and advertising that led to managing their showroom and their bath and kitchen designers. So I got no skill when it comes to actually doing the work. Mm-hmm. Um, and have I remodeled before? I paint a lot. I've done a lot of painting. But um, the answer would be with my own hands, I haven't. Have I had work done in my house? Absolutely. But the first, first um, little session I did, Lansing Homeowner Association, I got done with my seven steps to marketing success. And Phil Mm. Brandstatter, this old grizzled veteran remodeler who I got to know in the years that followed, uh, anybody have any questions? We got some Q and a time and Phil goes, if this remodeling thing's so stinking easy, why don't you start your own remodeling business and make a bunch of money? And I said, Oh my, Phil caught me on my, caught me on my heels there a little bit. So (laughs) no, I, uh, all that to say, no, I have not done my own full remodeling projects. Why do you ask?
0: I was just curious. Um, uh, you, 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 your focus on your show really is, is dead on with the business side of stuff. And the rest of us learn this all through trial and error. And, and yeah. then we, and then we come to people, other people when we're finally are like, uncle, I, mm-hmm. I can't do all of this. So I was just curious. And then yeah. the the next question is, is a while ago, I gave remodelers on the rise, a shout out on this podcast. And I was wondering if you have felt the contracting handbook bump since getting that shout out
1: wow um you know i've been i've been sitting here in my office going i have been pounding away at this business for 14 years i have been blood sweat and tears doing this through that and i have a flood a flood of people across the fruited plains north america if you will have been knocking on my doorstep as a result of that is that the answer you wanted
0: uh, it's not the answer i was expecting but thank you no i just thought it was gonna be no
1: yeah i th- i think the answer is no but it's <laughs> it's also um
0: i appreciate what you did
1: have that come through i did listen i did i was curious i he did say hey I shouted you out so i did listen to that um you know and, it, and marketing is tricky marketing sometimes is tricky right so you know the the bump well You know, we market our businesses and ideally we do it in a lot of different ways, right? And we're, and we're creating content and we're, we're updating our website and hopefully we're reaching out to strategic partners. We're staying in touch with previous clients, you know, and a lot of times, as much as we want to track exactly, you know, the lead source and what caused that lead to come in um, good marketing often is multifaceted. So, say it didn't hurt the hopefully a few people clicked over and are subscribing to the podcast as a result of your kindness.
0: Awesome. So uh, all pleasantries aside, let's talk about the ideal remodeling company. Okay. 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 From like, you know, I find the premise of my podcast is really challenging for me to get it out there because all the wheels are in spin when you're running your company simultaneously. And So when I'm trying to direct my audience to focus on certain things, there's so many things that I'm thinking about that would be going on simultaneously. And I, and I, and I kind of struggle with putting my material together, my content together. But when I, when I started out the show, I started with defining your company and, and public perception and like, who are you? And so I did, some of this question comes from a recent show of yours, but you know, where would you start with your company blank yeah. slate? Because yeah. you're helping people that already have some ideas and, and it might be it tougher to get people off their ideas. Sure. So, sure.
1: Yeah. You know, a lot of times a business, a contracted business or remodeling business is being started. Um, not because you're like, man, I am a excellent marketing person, salesperson, business person, I think I'm going to start a remodeling business. I don't think that's the story hardly ever. You know, most of the time it's, I'm skilled with my hands. I can build things. I can create things out of nothing. I can tear things apart, put it back together better than before, right? You guys are crafts people. You're skilled tradespeople. people. Um, so, you know, that part of things is kind of, yes, you always need to hone your craft and work on how you do it, and speed and balancing speed and quality. But when we're starting from scratch, the things that come to my mind is if you want this thing to be successful, what you said of, of public perception of, of who you are, that's important. Where my head goes is let's get really clear with why are you doing this again? Why are you wanting to start your own thing? and it's really important for people brand new to do that it's also really important if somebody's listening to this that have been in business for 5 years, 10 years, 12 years, 4 years to kind of step back for a second and go what was what was the impetus behind this what was i trying to build how am i doing with that and also our vision and what we're up to changes as we move along Right when I started my business, like I wanted more freedom in my schedule. Um, I wanted to kind of control my own destiny as far as making money goes. I'm entrepreneurial, I wanted to start my own thing. Uh, Well, reality struck early and often of saying, huh, you want to make more money and you know, have freedom of schedule. Boy, you seem to be working two to three times harder than when you had that little job over at long, long kitchen and bath design. Uh, And the money doesn't come right away, you got to really put in the work. So, that why and getting clear with why you're doing it, I think is important to have the sustainability to keep going. The second thing that comes to my mind, I'll give you two more, actually, the second and third thing. The second thing that comes to my mind is you've got to put some effort into becoming a really strong salesperson. You've got to figure out how to, to build no like, and trust, to have a clear, this is how we work step-by-step process. You have to be able to differentiate yourself because by doing all of that, You're going to be able to charge more. You're going to be able to build up more value to the prospects and you cannot just think, well, I'm just a nice guy and I kind of can talk, you know, well, and I'll just kind of work my way through the sales process. Solid sales training goes a long, long way. So early on, if I'm starting from scratch, I'm reading books by Sandler Sales Training. I'm going and looking up sales training that Kyle Hunt has on his podcast. I'm listening to it. I'm absorbing all of that and really honing my skills as a salesperson. And third, if I'm starting from scratch, I'm buying a book like Markup and Profit by Michael Stone. I'm buying a book like Profit First from Mike Michalowicz or Profit First from Sean Van Dyke. And I am going to become a student of the numbers. I'm going to understand how to read a PL. I'm going to understand job costing. I'm going to calculate and know what my markup needs to be. That foundation of knowing kind of where your vision is, really honing your sales process and knowing your numbers. That's a good foundation that the sooner you can get those things, the better.
0: Yeah, the vision for your company is so important. No doubt, I I I stumbled I stumbled upon that one day I was because mm. if you don't you're just doing whatever comes your way and yeah. you don't you're kind of a jack of all trades in the remodel business which isn't you want to focus
1: yeah
0: um, and then in a recent episode of yours I was listening to uh, you had a guest talking about getting the employees they want their a team by creating the business that those potential employees would want to work for. And I think I'm a huge advocate of this approach um, and it's kind of something I stumbled upon. Uh, it's in my upcoming book as well, but I, after a while had potential employees contacting me that wanted to work for my company. And that was, when that started happening, I knew I, I knew I was winning. I knew I was do, really doing something right. Mm. Um, so then you know other simple approaches for marketing you know you got swag and then which you know people love clothes and hats and stuff like this but you know one thing you mentioned on your show which i'm also a big advocate of is google reviews
1: Mm -hmm. and mike yes yes you gotta gotta slow down because i want to comment on four things you just said okay one one what's the title of your book
0: uh it is the contracting handbook but there's some legalities, so I gotta. I've okay, gotta so work you're working on, some, on that. Yeah,
1: Mike. Mike. That's, when is your When is your book going to be finished by?
0: Uh, I'm shooting to have it out by October 15th. It's It's in manuscript form. I have to edit it. And Ooh, I'm, like 2021.
1: Yeah. Bada bing, bada boom. So I just wanted to, there's a little bit of coach in me that always looks for like an action step and a deadline, which by the way, if you're listening to this, the more you create a specific action step, I'm going to do this by this date. It's also known as a smart goal, specific, measurable, attainable, realistic time bound. We accomplish a lot more when we break it down into action steps and deadlines. You asked me about marketing and some tips there. I'm going to get to that in a second, but back to your comment about kind of the A-team and people actually coming to you because they want to work with you, which is especially in this environment of it's difficult to find good help is incredibly important. Let's, can we sit in there for a minute?
0: Yeah, absolutely.
1: Okay. So guess what? In 2023 and 2025 and 2028, it is still going to be difficult to attract and recruit solid lead carpenters and craftspeople just the flat out supply and demand. You have to ask yourself, why would, why would I as a skilled carpenter want to join your team? What is, everybody listening to this, what is your answer to that? Is it because you're kind of a pain in the butt and you're demanding and, and you like things to be done right? Well, that's not much of a sales pitch you know, um, there, what, is, why would people come over to your team? And I, I don't know exactly the context that, that I was referring to on the, on the episode, but what you just said of people wanting to join your team, why, why is that? What were the, what were they seeing? What were they hearing from their buddies? What were they sensing? Why were they coming to you? How, what caused that Mike?
0: Uh, they, uh, because my company has a very good reputation for for doing what we say, being timely and um, producing really quality work. And I had a lot of, you know, social media presence. So people could really see who I was and mm. a lot of really good reviews. Uh, and, you know, there's other good, there's definitely good builders where I live, but most of them don't put much effort into marketing or anything. It's all mm. everybody thinks it's word of mouth.
1: I mean, what, then, what you just meant, what, what, go ahead and actually give me that. Yeah, and well,
0: everybody thinks it's word of mouth still, and I just disagree with that. And I put a lot of effort into social media, and it was a dead end for a long time. But one mm-hmm. day, it wasn't. And mm. and when that caught fire, it was a, just a different story with yeah.
1: With what people what won- you just meant?
0: Go ahead. Go on. No.
1: You. I think there's a, little, there's a little delay in the audio because I'm in, Mich- in the great state of Michigan. You're up in Alaska. Mm. So I, was, I apologize. I was talking over you. I had a little mm. delay. No worries. But, so what you were mentioning is, yes, your overall brand and reputation, your clients like you, you know, people that are sick of kind of doing half-hearted, crummy work, working for bad clients. That's part of it. But I, I, I feel like that second part of it of, you know, I've been very active in my social media. I've been giving people kind of a behind the scenes of who I am and who we are. You know, and if I'm a craftsperson, and I'm seeing that marketing is getting someone who has a need to know, like, and trust you. Well, guess what? Recruiting is also a lot about know, like, and trust. And if they're getting to know you, they're getting to know your personality. Like you've listened to my recordings, you know, for, for many hours, if you've been listening to podcasts before I even came on this, on this call, we've never talked before, but you know, me, Like, you know, my sense of humor is quirky as it is, you know, you know, you know, my passion, you know, like things that I like to touch on and teach on. And that's know, like, and trust that's marketing. It's also recruiting. And I would venture to guess that you've been able to do that, um, you know, through the posts and through your idea candidates uh, getting to know you and saying, man, Mike's a good guy. And look, he does things right. And wow, he takes care of his team. They can see that. That's huge.
0: And yeah, and I would definitely am not perfect in any of those things, but you know, you do the best you can do in the, in this crazy industry because we get busy and stressed out.
1: And I'll say, I'll say one more thing. You need Mm -hmm. to always be recruiting. Whoever's listening to this, always be recruiting. Just like you are in your sales process. You're, you're talking about how you're different. You're clearly explaining your, your advantages and your points of difference, your you're, you're really working hard to build relationship with that prospect. You got to be doing the same thing with recruiting, you know, have a process that you follow when, when somebody reaches out and is interested and just always be recruiting. There's no reason that on your website, you should not have a page of join our team, reach out. Even if you don't have an active position, always be recruiting. It's very important.
0: Yeah, that's a great idea. Uh, A great concept. Uh, I always have a handful of questions in my back pocket to ask people if they call me yeah, to kind of suss out tire kickers of built of carpenters or whatever too, because um, you don't want to add a bad person to your team because when you get busy and you've got someone who's not doing what you wanted them to do, what you hired them Mm -hmm. to do, it's really hard to find someone new because you you're searching while you're so busy. Yeah. So, yeah, no
1: doubt. Um, are you, were you talking literally in your back pocket? you have those questions or figuratively?
0: Oh, that was, that was, it was figuratively.
1: Like, what but is I do, in your back pocket? What is, what is usually in your back pocket?
0: Um, nothing anymore. I don't really carry stuff in my back pocket much. Yeah. Maybe, a, maybe once have, in a while, a pencil winds up in there or a square. Yeah, a I
1: would square. agree. I, I feel like, I feel like for a generation or many, the, the wallet was always in the back pocket I think people are realizing that's not good for like my back to be sitting on Then it's uncomfortable.
0: Oh yeah. I mean, general eat. contractor, we're just driving in circles all day with a wallet in your back pocket. It like <laughs> pulls out your hip. I know all about that. That, that was my thirties. I learned those lessons.
1: Interesting. Interesting. <laughs> See, all right. We have so and, and, much in so common. I, I, we have so that's much in right. So I wanted to get, I wanted to get into some of that, but then you were, you were leading me into marketing and, and some other tips related to that.
0: Um, Yeah. So, one of the things you pointed out on your show, which I think is super important for people is having Google reviews. And I had a really long-winded way of asking my clients to write a review for me. But I've, I asked them all, I don't push them. If people, Some people are shy, but you had a great tip on that. And I guess, you know, go ahead and talk about a little more about marketing and what you think about those Google reviews.
1: Sure. Yeah, so we, we start with Google reviews and we'll start here. Um, if you're driving, don't do this. Um, if you're, but if you're sitting, this is a good opportunity. Think of one of your clients who just loves you, and everybody listening to this has somebody. Could be Susie Smith. Could be Mary Johnson. Could be Tommy. Two tone. Huh?
0: Tommy Two Tone.
1: Tommy Two Tone. Yeah, could be him. Could be him. And you have their cell phone number because they're, you know, their client. Um, and open up and send a text message and write to Tommy and say, hey, Tommy, uh, could you do me a favor, question mark, and then click the send button. Don't tell him what, don't tell him why. What you just did there is going to have like a 94% response rate. Yeah, sure. What's up? Well, we've been really focused in our marketing efforts and I have a goal of getting two new Google reviews this month. I was wondering if you could be so kind as to help me with that. Yes, they will, right? Now, sometimes we have to follow up a couple times, but that tip right there has led to, many google reviews for a lot of people so sometimes you just start with something simple your clients are willing to help you the reason they're not doing it when you ask them is because they they want it to be really good and they look at that blank screen and they're not really sure what to type so don't also be afraid to follow up a couple times i mean it's not there's nothing magical about google reviews but the reality is whether you're an seo search engine optimization expert, and and, and a website guru whatever We all know just as business owners that we use reviews constantly. We look at them on Amazon. We look at them when we call the septic tank company. I just did that recently. You know, first thing I did was look at the reviews. And if we go to your website, here's another direct question for people watching that. How many Google reviews do you have right now? If you don't know the answer, you're not paying close enough attention to it. Or if you can give me a ballpark number. And when you pull it up, like, are you impressed by it? It is extremely impressive to go to, I just was talking earlier today to Weir Building Company up in Fenton, Michigan, and they had one at the start of the year. And if you go there, he just landed number 20. How did he go from one Google review to 20? He simply was consistent with it. And he tacked on a few each month and he was reaching out to people. And when you go type in, you know, kitchen remodeling Fenton, Michigan, that's also helping him rank now. And his business is showing up more often. People that are referred to you, search your business name. They want to see those reviews. If you don't have any reviews, you're one knucklehead away from leaving a bad review that makes you look like a crappy company because you don't have any good ones to outweigh the negative ones. So that is a very practical thing that you as a business owner, if you don't have Google reviews, you need to put some focused effort towards it. So that's my spiel about Google reviews. You want That's what you wanted to hear, wasn't it, Mike?
0: It is, and the Google the Google bumps you up when you have a lot of reviews, you are, you're completely verified. They know people love you. Yep. So it's, it's, it's free SEO really.
1: Yeah. And it spiders out to so many places. It's just, I'm not an SEO, you know, genius by any means, but it just, it's the, it's the most valuable it's arguably the most valuable real estate that you can really put focused effort in online. I
0: really think it is too. Uh, yeah, it's, It's like beyond word of mouth too, because someone might say, Oh, you should check out straight ahead construction. And then they go to your, they Google you and they go to your Google for business page. And they're like, Whoa, I know 10 of these people who wrote reviews. I'm hiring you. Like I'm not even going to check with anyone else.
1: Yeah. I like it. Uh, And then to your question of like other, other simple marketing um, you know, make sure your website is something that you're actually proud to send prospects to. And if it's not, spend some money and put some effort into your website. Um, An area that a lot of people kind of ignore is something I call strategic partners. When you're a contractor, when you're a remodeler, there's a lot of other people who share the same ideal client as you do. If I'm a remodeler who doesn't do a lot of design work, designers, architects, those two can be tremendous referral sources for you. Sometimes realtors, not always. Um, there's a lot of cabinet companies. There's a lot of strategic partners that can be really strong, uh, consistent referral sources for you. Okay. Yeah. So it, you know, if you're a remodeler, if you're a contractor, you know, anybody who shares the same ideal client as you do can be a tremendous referral source. You need to create a list of who those people are. You're going to see some people on that list that you used to refer back and forth a little bit that you've lost contact with. You're going to realize there's some people on there that are are generating more revenue for you than maybe you realize. And you need to just have a simple, proactive approach to generating more strategic partner relationships approach it from a standpoint of how can you help them and it can be a tremendous flow of leads and just a lot of people don't take advantage of that but i do see a lot of clients who do and it also is something that usually especially when it gets into designers and architects um leads a lot of my clients to some of these bigger projects that they're looking to get into
0: you know a wise man once told me to always keep an architect in your back pocket.
1: Who was that? Who was that? Who was that wise man?
0: Um, his name is Brian.
1: Cool. Hey, Brian.
0: Brian Dietrich. And uh, but figuratively, just to be clear.
1: Oh, good. Good. I was going to ask you because you use that back pocket reference a lot. So there's some marketing tips. You know, you know what I like about the way you're approaching this interview, Mike, is that uh, you're kind of doing it like I like to do it, where Hey, if you're going to listen to this, we don't know what people want need to hear. We don't know what nugget of, of conversation might be something that, that really helps the person, you know, you're listening to this podcast. You'll listen to any podcast because you're trying to improve yourself. And, you know, we've touched on just a nice variety of topics and, and hopefully somebody has grabbed a little nugget or a little takeaway. Um, yeah. It, yeah. And you, and you know,
0: people don't, I, I listen to some podcasts and it's always background, right? Like I focus on, so I I can really focus on podcasts sometimes, but I'm listening mostly while I'm driving. So you don't hear everything because your, your mind's bouncing around. And, uh, one of, one of the, one of the, my, my listeners wrote me and said, I've really been enjoying the podcast. It really affirms a lot of stuff for me. And you're not annoying to listen to, which I think was one of the highest compliments.
1: That is a win right there.
0: Yeah. So
1: Yeah, and uh, and a little bit on that affirming. You know, some that affirming thing is some. And you mentioned it. um, I think after we started the recording, but it might have been in our conversation beforehand. Of you know, there's great value in just being reassured that okay, the way I'm doing this is actually a good best practice. I'm doing this right. I shouldn't second guess it. I should really go double down on it. Man, that affirming thing can can really give you confidence as a business owner. And I I don't know how to teach it. I don't know how to coach it super well. But that that. Missing piece or that secret sauce is confidence. When you're approaching things with confidence, um, whether it be pricing, whether it be your sales process, how you manage your clients, how you manage your team, it's really one of those um, things that are tough to put a finger on, but you know, how can you continue to build your confidence? It helps you be a lot more successful.
0: It really does when you come from a point of authority of confidence. Yeah, People don't really question what you're saying as much like I can definitely say that when I started out I didn't always answer questions confidently mm. and some people hired me and I definitely lost a lot of contracts because they're like this kid is green and mm. and now it's totally you know you roll into a house and this is what we're doing I like your idea here and um, this one so I've talked a ton about you know figuring out who's tire kicker and other forms of human time wasters in some of my topical episodes as well as ballparking. And I've noticed that you say you have what you call the moment of truth. And this is a budget range that you offer that you're that you suggest offering clients Mm. your to your listeners. And so tell me more, is this the, is this the initial meeting that you're throwing out that number?
1: Mm. Um, Yes, for sure. At the initial meeting, sometimes even on the initial phone call, you know, so initial meeting, I heard, you know, more of an Mm in-person also Mm -hmm. on the initial, um, even on the initial phone call, you know, the the concept behind this is, it's not because we, you know, we're, we're rude and we don't care about people that call us and we don't want to give them time of day. That's not the case. Anybody that reaches out to you, you should be respectful to, you should give them some of your time, but at the same time, you need to protect your time. We are so limited with the amount of time that we have have to dedicate uh, to different areas of our business so we have to be protecting our time if we just offer free everything free estimates free design free this we're going to be wasting a lot of time yes with tire kickers um, so when i when i talk about the moment of truth what i'm referring to there is having a frank and honest and open discussion about what they're looking to invest in their remodeling project what is their budget and you know, when, to ask that question on the initial phone call, if you've had 10, 12, 15 minutes with them is good. Um, certainly at the initial in-person meeting, you should be setting that up where they're already expecting to talk about that. You've already mentioned, you know, one of the things that we'll wanna do when we meet is you know, we're gonna look at the space that needs to be remodeled. I wanna hear all of your ideas. I'm gonna be sharing any and all ideas Uh, based on my experience and what i'm seeing and then I'd also at that meeting like to have a frank and open discussion about budget so that you know we can see kind of where that is and then we can discuss next steps so when we when you have that conversation about budget you've moved up that moment of truth hopefully early on uh, because either their jaw hits the floor and they're like wow we were thinking it was going to be like half that really that's not when you run out the door you go into education mode you're an educator Yes, you're a salesperson. Yes, you're a modeler. Educate them. You're the expert here. Tell them why it costs what it costs. Teach them. Take the time to do that. Don't just run off. Um, But at the same time, a lot of times that might end the conversation. And that's okay. You just prevented yourself from doing hours and hours and hours of additional work.
0: I guess the range works. Giving a good range. Um, Maybe I do that a bit. Uh, I'm, I'm really leery of ballparking because, but when I've, when I've ballparked, I've given one number, I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this could be like 35, 40. And then, you know, they make all their decisions and it's 60.
1: Yeah. And they're like, so but me, you let me, said, let, go ahead. Yeah. Let me share a little bit about that ballpark is, mm-hmm. you know, if you, if you're looking at a project and you really have no idea, then don't, don't let numbers come out of your mouth. Right. Mm-hmm. It's okay to say, you know, I really... I really would like to kind of just think through this a little bit, kind of uh, spend a little bit of time putting some numbers together um, to give you kind of a ballpark range. But I do coach. Yeah, I do coach my client. But a lot of times you do have a number. You guys are experienced at this. This is not your first rodeo. You've seen a kitchen like this one hundred forty seven times, you know, that all day this is between a 60 and a ninety thousand dollar kitchen you know so when you know when you've asked enough questions and you've looked at it and you have that budget range in your mind i do coach against giving a specific number if you give a specific number they hear that specific number and now all of a sudden if you do offer some design and project development services it's kind of like well you already gave me a number what what do you need to charge me for design and project development for um if that's the route you go, but certainly give a big range. You can offer a free estimate. The free estimate is based on my years of experience doing this, projects that are similar in size and scope that we've done, and the project that you're describing to me, this project's gonna range anywhere from 60 to $90,000. And then you just shut up and get the reaction. Moment of truth. You know, they could say, wow, that's a big range. It is, it's it's, it's a big range because there's so many decisions that's gonna go into the design. We don't know if we're gonna take that wall out. We don't know if we wanna go full custom cabinetry or semi-custom. We don't know if we wanna do granite or Cambria. There's so many decisions to make that would allow us to start to narrow that down. But that's kind of your free estimate, if you will. Now, if you want a detailed design and more of a guaranteed budget, we can do that. Here's what that looks like.
0: So that free estimate, isn't, isn't in your, in your mind right there. Uh, it's not a line item quote that's Mm -hmm. later. You're just going, okay, this kitchen remodel could be 30 or 95 because I've done them both. And that's the range. Like your cabinets are going to be 18 grand for the kind of cabinets you want, Mm
1: -hmm.
0: you know, and that, that's, that's a good way to suss out some tire kickers for sure. And yeah, I, I agree. I definitely agree that once you have a range and uh and they're still on board, then they're paying for a little R and D.
1: Yeah, yeah. R and D, or you know, call it design and project development. Some yeah. people call it just design retainers, but really make sure that project development is in there. You spend so much time and hours coordinating your trade partners, getting estimates, helping them through selections. There's a lot of valuable work that goes into that, um, and it's it's a whole nother ball of wax, a whole nother topic. But you, you can charge for project development for design and project development. Um, it is a service It is a value. And when you can sell people on the value of that. How does it protect your time and it allows you to get so many more of the detail selections final finalizations done before a hammer ever hits the job site, which has a ripple effect on the on the on the actual production part, the production goes so much smoother when everything's figured out up front. But it's very difficult to get everything figured out up front, especially if you're trying to do it for free. Therefore, you need to charge for that valuable service.
0: Yeah, I really I really lean on on people that have already got design figured out. Mm-hmm. And 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 you know, on the first phone call, have you chosen any finishes? And if they say yes, um, I'll go to their house. Because okay. if, and, but if they say no, and there's really, they're like, they want you to hold their hand all the way through, they're not the kind of people who are gonna wanna pay you Okay, for the most part. Um, yeah,
1: yeah. One, one other thing related to that topic is, a lot of my clients have a page on their website that says how much, how much, and you click on it and it says, you know, based on um, these details, here's what our average kitchens look like you know, for a small, um, you know, basic for a more medium, uh, you know, mid range, and then here for a high end or a larger one. And it just really gives some of the details of what that includes and doesn't include. And it puts some ballpark ranges on there. That is an extremely valuable marketing and sales asset to have on your website. And also to have with you when you're going out to see people, the cost versus value report for my magazine is another example of that a third party that says, you know, here's kind of the average prices for these types of projects. We got to get that out in the open. If you're presenting and you've spent hours on a detailed proposal and you have no idea what their budget is, you're doing it wrong.
0: Definitely. I couldn't agree more. You got to have an idea. Yeah. Or, or and a good way to figure that out too is ask in the first phone call, how are you financing this? Fair and enough. If, yeah, And if they can spit that answer out, then you can go, okay, they've been thinking about this and I can ask more. Instead of just asking what their budget is, because some people get offended and you're like, okay, this is not going to work. Time to bail. Yeah. So what did you get out of today's episode with Kyle? Let me know. 907-978-3344. That's my number. And listen in tomorrow for the next episode with Kyle. We cover some great topics. It's really fun. I loved having him on the show thanks for listening today go ahead and email me if you want to be on the show or want to tell me what you like or don't like about it at my email info at thecontractinghandbook.com and this is where I say if you have not subscribed please subscribe wherever you source your podcast thanks again talk to you soon Later.